So this morning, I want to talk to you about God's vision for 2016. What time is it? 11 o'clock. Okay. Um, I left my um, phone in the car, so I don't want to go over. <laughs> I don't want to go under as well. Um, so we're going to talk about God's vision for 2016. It may be a strange title for you, but it's all good. Just... Let's wait to see what we got stored up. I always bring more than one sermon. You wonder why. What if God leads me to something else, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> so many people make resolutions for the new year, right? You know, 2015, people said they were going to read the Bible, the whole Bible. Uh, we won't talk about that. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We claim that for your life. Um, but you make resolutions whether to lose weight, to go to the gym more, right? Um, to perhaps get a promotion or to get out of debt. Um, how many people got out of some debt this year, 2015? Praise God. Thank God for that. <coughs> how many shed some pounds in 2015? A couple people, all right. How many people gained some pounds in 2015? <laughs> all right. <laughs> so... <coughs> So we, we, we have these resolutions, and, and, and the gym membership increases in January, right? And, and somewhat February, and then March, it starts shading out, and then in April, you buy yourself again. <laughs> so um, it's okay. I, I don't, I'm not one of the persuasion that it's wrong to make resolutions. I, I, I don't. I know some preachers do, and some people preach against it. But I think that it's good to have a vision for it, but I think you need to plan for it as well. If you fail to plan, you plan to what fail, right? Um, so as we enter into a time of prayer and fasting, um, thinking about I just read two books yesterday about fasting, how to fast successfully and common sense, um, a guide of common sense, a guide to fasting, um, uh, to have a fasting, a fasted life. And, and so that, that was pretty good, and I'm going to do some more. So I'll probably teach about fasting next week, even though that'll be our first day. Um, so, um, if you haven't received the Daniel fast, some things to eat and whatnot, I can email that to you by tonight. But um, we, we, we're entering to this time of prayer and fasting. Now, fasting will not do you any good if you don't pray. Spiritually, that is. Um, so, it's no use of praying. I mean, it's no use of fasting and not praying. You're just dining <laughs> or you're going without. So, we don't want to just not eat. And if you're not going to pray. So you're going to extra prayer time, <coughs> extra Bible study time. You want to use that time um, instead of eating. And, and so as we enter to this time, uh, intense time, 21 days, we want to know God's will for our lives as we enter into this new year. Time waits for no one. Have you noticed that? <coughs> you remember the time you were a little kid? Um, I, I can remember when I was four. I think the fathers, I, I can remember maybe three and a half to four. And four, I got saved. I, I, got, I received Jesus. And, um, and I, I remember that time. I remember the time before a little bit as well. But that, those years, go, they go by really fast. You graduate high school, it doesn't seem like bam, bam, bam. You know, next thing you know, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, you're 80. And then maybe time to die by that time. Um, it depends, right? Uh, but time waits for no one. We must understand the will of God. 
and walk in it. So the 21 day days of fasting isn't to torture you, but actually to prepare you for the new year as we seek God's will. And we want to fast on purpose. We're not just fasting to be fasting just because it's a thing to do in the church. Some people do that, but we, we're not going to do that this year. We're, we're actually fasting with, in mind, God, God's will, seeking God's will. Every time we fast, something happens. I don't know if you noticed that. You can go back to, you know, years from y'all, some of y'all have been with us for a long time. You can see every time we fasted those 21 days, something happened in that year. Good. Doors open. And I, I think that if we don't prepare ourselves, then we will miss opportunities. Fasting doesn't move God, but it moves us into position to hear from God, to be more sensitive to him. Fasting doesn't move God. God is not moved. He's not the one that's stuck. We are. Would y'all agree? Amen. We're stuck in our ways. We're stuck in our blindness. We're stuck in our sins. And, and so we need, the, we need the grace of God to hear from him and to be led by him and so forth. So we're actually seeking God in 21 days. <clears throat> so what would the Lord do? What would the Lord have you to do in 2016? I want you to think about that question. What are some of the things that the Lord wants you to do? Perhaps to be more consistent with your Bible reading. You know, that's always part of the will of God. That's an open season. It's not like it's, oh, now's the time when we read the Bible. It, it's always been time for you to read the Bible. It's never not a time to not read the Bible. <clears throat> what are the trials ahead of you for 2016? Think about those things. What are some things that you may encounter that will be discomfortable or bring sorrow to you in 2016. You need to think about those things. Life is full of joy and sorrows. Um, that's part of the fallen world. So we have to prepare ourselves. And if you prepare, if you seek God and, 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 and spend time with him, he will prepare you for those trials. Not completely, but in some sense, he'll prepare your heart so your heart won't be flaky. You'll be content. You'll have your joy in him and not anything else. So some trials, which they'll come, some troubles, when they come in 2016, if you have your heart fixed on him, you won't be moved, as David said in the Psalms. And that's the main thing. It's not to be moved. Some people get moved when something happens. Well, God, if you're so good, why is this happening? Well, if you would have spent time with him and placed your trust and your faith in him, then you would not have been moved in your faith. I'm not saying that you won't feel it, but you, you won't be as easily strayed away from the faith. Because we know that trials and tribulations come. They come for the word's sake. Mark 4. You're going to... In, see, a lot of times people hear us preach about faith and victory. And they think that we preach about a, a life of, of a bed of ease. But the life, the world, no one has, I don't know anybody who preaches that nonsense that we're not going to encounter some things. But those are opportunities to believe God. Those are opportunities to put our faith to practice, to exercise your faith. If you never exercise your faith, then what would happen? You won't, your faith will just be, you know, it's like not exercising your muscle. It won't be strengthened. And we know that the, tri the, tri the trial or the trying of our faith will produce more precious than what? Gold. Mm -hmm. And so as our faith is tried, we'll come out as pure gold. Mm -hmm. 
and we can, we can count on that will be not the trial itself glorifies God. It's what we do in the trial that glorifies God. Did you hear me? Amen. Sometimes people glorify the trial more so than God. Oh, the trial has come to make me strong. Y'all know those songs. No, the trial did not come to make me strong. It came to kill me. But what I do in the trial makes me strong. Because everybody goes through trials. Save and unsave. Believer, unbeliever. The, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. People experience sorrow and joy. Save and unsave. Y'all hear me? So it's not what, it's not, those things, we're not to glorify those things. People say, well, God uses trials to sanctify me or, or to make me more like Jesus. Well, what makes you more like Jesus is you applying the word. <laughs> it's not the trial itself. And people glorify the suffering as if the suffering has enough power within it to make you more like Jesus. Sometimes, if you're not careful, the suffering will make you bitter. So it's what you do in the suffering and in the trial that makes you more like Jesus. Now, that's enough to shut your Bible and go home and get ready for some trials. Because either you're at the beginning of a trial, the middle of a trial, or at the end of a trial. And you may have a little grace in between before the next trial. So you're going to have some trials. The Bible says, Jesus, I know I'm preaching. The Bible says, because I'm totally off subject. The Bible says that in this world, you will have tribulations. And so we're not preaching a gospel that says that tribulations are going to go away or trials are never going to be encountered. We're preaching a gospel that you can overcome it with Christ. Your faith in Jesus and his word can cause you to overcome those trials, can make you look at the trials differently than the world does. Because the world goes through some of the same things that we go through. But we have Jesus. We have the word. We have victory over those things. We're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Though we are famine, though those things come, we're like sheep going as slaughters to, you know, going to get chopped up and, you know, but God sustains us and keeps us in the midst of those fiery trials. And so I, I want you to glorify God in the midst of those things, but don't glorify those things. You know, don't, don't glorify the sickness or the poverty or the loss or the, the suffering, but glorify God who gets you out of those things. He said he'll be with us in trouble. He didn't say we won't have any. He'll say he'll be with us. And that's a good place to be. Just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, I mean, Meshach, Darius, oh, I'm sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, I have to work on that, a bad Negro, because I want to say it so bad. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God was with them in the fire, and God was with Daniel in the lion's den. And the victory is God being with us. That's the glory. That's, the, that's what we can rejoice in. It's not the, the being in the lion's den, but it's God being with us. So there's some trials ahead of us. You can bank on that. What can you do to prepare for them? I'm going to tell you one thing you can do is double up on your word time. Get in the word more. Get your mind renewed. Pray more. Prepare your heart. Because God will prepare you. God will show you things to come sometimes, according to John chapter 16. <clears throat> he said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will show you things to come. And sometimes in the midst of him showing you things to come, he either shows you that you can change a thing through prayer or you need to prepare for that which is to come. And so what are you doing about, are you being prepared for the sorrows that are ahead of you and the joys that are ahead of you and the successes and the victories for 2016? God has some victories for you. He has some successes. 
I don't want to say he has some failures for you, but he has some things that will try you in 2016. That's God's vision for 2016. Are you prepared to walk in those victories and those successes? God blesses you with a significant amount of money. Will you leave him? Will you honor him? When you show him that you, he can trust you with that amount of money or that amount of responsibility. Perhaps God's going to bless you with a kid, a new kid in 2016. Are you prepared for the new kid? Everybody's looking at Cleveland. <laughs> Are you prepared to walk in that? <laughs> Some sleepless nights. <laughs> what are the opportunities that await you in 2016? So there's some, there's some opportunities that God want to bring your way in 2016. You, you can, you can are, are you ready to take advantage of those things? Are you ready to know which ones to pursue? I was talking to a good friend of mine on Christmas Day, and he was saying that how he was, he interviewed for a wonderful job and an opportunity to, to advance in his career. And he's just praying concerning whether or not he's going to be ready to, not whether or not they're going to offer it to him, but whether or not he, is he ready to really pursue that. If they offer it, would he, is he at a place of peace that he can say yes to it? That, that's a good place to be. But it's also a scary place to be. If they offer you this, are you ready to take it? Um, I want you to do this. I want you to know, if you don't already know, <clears throat> everything that you owe, everything from your house to your cars to your student loans, everything that you are indebted, I want you to write it out and have, uh, um, put it on a sticky. Um, you may want to put it in your wallet or your purse. Let's, let, don't let nobody see it. <laughs> but carry it around with you and trust God for the wisdom to get out. I had a friend, true story, um, he had a significant amount of debt and he met a millionaire and the guy said, how much do you owe? He says, he gave him the piece of paper, a sticky, and the guy wrote out a check for that amount. Paid off every single thing. I was like, so were you believing for this? Were you praying about this? He's like, no, I just was ready. I, I knew I needed to work on these things and God saw fit to bless him with that opportunity. I had another, I have a mentor. His name is George Moss. I want him to come and minister. He's in the 70s now. He travels the world preaching the gospel and praying for people, a lot of healings. <clears throat> he just told me three years ago, somebody paid off his house. I said, my God. <laughs> um, so be prepared. Take, 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 take that piece of paper, what you owe, pray over it. If you don't do anything else, nothing else happened to it, but your prayers and your faith, you can pray over those things. What is God's vision for you in 2016? Think about those things. What is it that God has placed in your heart for you to do in 2016? Maybe it's, it's a, um, a year of order where you, you, you're, you're going to be reorganizing some things, reprioritizing some things, you know, for sitting down to say, how can I make my marriage better? 
my parenting skills, my weight, my mind. How can I obtain more peace in 2016? Those are great questions, great things to think about. A new year is an opportunity to refine your purpose, to make sure that you're on course, that you, you are you're going back to check to see if what you're doing is what you were supposed to be doing or born to do. A new year is also an opportunity to redefine your life's vision to see if, it, if you're on the course or you need to make some adjustments. A new year is also an opportunity to reestablish wor worthwhile goals. Notice I say worthwhile goals. You know, 2016 is, is a new year, an opportunity to, to say, you know, are these the realistic goals? Do I really want these things? A new year is, is an opportunity to bury the past and to move into a new future. It's great. I mean, I'm excited every time we, we have a new year because you can like, man, I'm going to do it this year. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I saw an Instagram picture and it was like all the things I was supposed to do in 2015, 2014, 2013, 2002, I won't be able to do it this year. <clears throat> but it, it, it's an exciting time. Let me talk about time real quick. Time is a blessing or a curse. Um, time is life. If I ask you how old you are, I'm simply asking you the, the, the measuring of your life. What have you done up to this time? And then some of us get sad when we look back, right? It's like, man, I could have been doing this. Oh, I'm this age and, and I have some regrets. But I don't want you to have any regrets in the sense of stand there. The Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind. So forget the successes and the failures. Forget about them you can't do anything about them. Today is a new day. In 2016, if God sees to it that we make it to 2016, which is the end of this week, um, it's a good opportunity to, 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 re, to do some things, to readjust some things. <clears throat> Life is the passing of time. What you become is the basis of time. So time is a blessing in the sense you're becoming something. You're heading somewhere. Now, some of us are not heading anywhere because we're not prepared. Don't, don't let any other people tell you what you're going to become. Um, last night was taken destined to, the, to Acme. <coughs> I know that's an expensive grocery store, right? I don't know why I like it. I like it there. Just because it's convenient, it's right down the street. <coughs> so um, he was asking this young man at the cashier, the guy had to be late 30, early 40s. He looked like it. And he was like, hey, sir, hey, sir. And the guy ignored him. He said, hey, sir, I, I want to tell you something. I got a lot of presents at home. And he just didn't pay attention to Destin. I said, I said it loud enough for him to hear. I said, some, evidently he doesn't want to talk to you, Destin. So don't push it. So we got to the car. And I said, some people will not talk to you, but there are a lot of people who will. He said, why though? I said, some people are mean. Some people are going through or having a rough day. It's the day after Christmas, he's working. Or some people are just full of the devil. And he remembered that and he was telling my mom and Courtney this morning on the way to church. And 
What was the point of that? It's, it's simply to say that what you're becoming is, is the basis of time. And what Destin is becoming, he's realizing that everybody is not for him. That there's going to be some rejection and I have to prepare it because I don't want him to feel, oh, I'm so hurt. Get over it. They rejected you. It's okay. Welcome to the world. You're going to have some rejection. And it may be a good thing that he rejected you. Maybe he got a problem with little boys. So maybe it's a good thing he wasn't friendly. Because then we would look at it, why are you being that friendly? You know, so we have to judge ourselves, right? Maybe it's a God, you know, rejection is God's protection. So death is life leaving time. Did you hear this? Death is life. I got this from Dr. Miles Monroe. Death is life leaving time. We're about to cross into a new life, 2016. Time is temporary. Time is a piece of eternity. It's a slice of forever. Time is more valuable than money. If you get more time, you can get more money. <laughs> you know, so thank God for your time. Sometimes people choose the money over the time. See, time you can't get back. Because it waits for no one. That time with your, your relatives, your, your parents and your brothers and your sisters and your kids and your spouses and your friends and, and school or at work or at that job, you can't get that time back. Things happen within a year. People pass and people die or people move and people get upset each other, each other and they, they divorce each other as friends. <laughs> <laughs> most common gift that God has given to humanity is time. Did you hear me? The most common gift that God has given to humanity is time. <clears throat> this is the only thing given that is coming to all humans from God is time. Time is a valuable thing. What you are and what you become depend on how you use your time. You can control time in the sense of becoming what God wanted you to become. You and I have the same amount of time. So when people say, I don't have time for Bible reading, or I don't have time for prayer, or I don't have time, you, you have to really look at them. <clears throat> what are you doing with your time? The millionaire and the beggar, the old and the young, the white and the black are given the same amount of time every day. What are you going to do with it? Time cannot be stopped, but humans can control it. You cannot stop a day or hour. They have no respect for you. you you'll waste that time. Have you ever just wasted a day and just felt really bad about it? You should feel bad about wasting a day. Um, <clears throat> it's okay to have lazy days. If you're going to use it, use it like, I'm going to rest on the day. <laughs> you know, this, I'm not going to waste this day. I'm going to look at some TV, eat some food, and go back to sleep. Some of us did that around Christmas. <laughs> so, what you do with your time will determine what you become. Have you used 2015 effectively? Time is life. You can get more money with the wisdom of God. And you can work harder and smarter, but you can't get more time. Time is a gift of God, from God. And what you do with it is your gift to God. Time is from God, and what you do with it is your gift to God. Time waits for no one. God doesn't waste anything. Wasting time is a sin against your creator. 
2016 is another opportunity to do what you didn't do this year. It's another year to walk in the will of God. What, God, what has God willed for your life? We can do nothing about yesterday or yesteryear, but we can do something about today and tomorrow. I dare you to prepare yourself now for a great year through the grace of God. Don't be like those who have great plans and never walk toward them. The Holy Spirit will help you fulfill God's vision for you for 2016. <clears throat> in, the, in the coming year, 2016, by the grace of God, the Lord sees fit, I'm going to preach a series of messages. I'm going to preach about the family. I'm going to talk about singleness and holiness. Biblical vision for marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Everybody got quiet on that remarriage piece. And the duties of the husband, uh, of the husbands, and wives and children as well as parents. We'll go through the books, if the, God, if the Lord sees fit, we'll go through the books of uh, Malachi, James, Galatians, Philemon, and, and maybe another minor prophet. Because you know that, uh, that could like, that's the whole year right there. And I'm praying about starting a midweek Bible study. How many would like to have a midweek Bible study? Oh, quite a few of y'all. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it is welcome. <laughs> and the new baby, too. Uh, <laughs> and, you get, and some of y'all got to work, right? Okay, so I'm thinking about it, and, 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 and we'll talk about this in the days ahead of, of what's a good day for everyone. <clears throat> I mean, I like Wednesday, but I also like Thursday. I also like Tuesday. So, so <laughs> we're going to pray and ask God for his wisdom. I'm going to give you some practical wisdom today for kingdom living in 2016. So go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. <clears throat> Thank y'all for your prayers. I feel so much better. Oh, God. I, I mean, you know, when you've been sick and you've been well, well feels a whole lot better. <laughs> I'm telling you, thank you all for standing with me and praying for me and with me and checking on me and texting me and, and um, thinking about us. I mean, it, it's, it's, whoa, the devil is defeated and Jesus is exalted. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, it says, <clears throat> For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born. We like that time. Come out be like, hey, I'm here. And a time to die. So there is a time to die. I mean, that, we don't like to talk about it, but once, one night I was really sick, and I started writing my obituary. <laughs> I did, on my phone. I said, I need to write this anyway. Why? Because you know what you accomplished, and sometimes people don't know what you accomplished. So what you want to put in the obituary, you write it out. And for, for, for those who don't have life insurance, you need to get some life insurance. Unless you're a millionaire and you're gonna leave some money, you got enough money to pay for your own burial. Sorry, but that's that's too many people not having life insurance. Get some life insurance if you're not a millionaire yet, or at a place where you can pay for your burial. Don't wait till you, you know. Don't wait till you die. I mean, it's too late, and and your folks are trying to figure out how they're gonna, your relatives trying to figure out how they're gonna bury you. Don't do that. A time to plant 
and a time to pluck up what is planted. So there is a time of sowing. So we're, we want to sow towards 2016. We want to sow seeds of, of, of what? Preparation. We want to prepare for 2016. We want to prepare. Jesus prepared for the enemy. Why? How? Through prayer, fasting, and studying of the Old Testament. And he knew the scriptures. So when the enemy came, he spoke the word, right? What are you going to say when the enemy comes to you? You're going to sing a song? Well, I think the word says, God, our God is greater. Words that are found in the scriptures. Look it up. Find out what the Bible has to say. I'm not saying singing is not powerful, but what I'm saying is you're going to need some word to deal with the enemy. So sow the word in your heart now. Start preparing. Um, several men I was reading recently, I read one book, um, I think it's 1600, 1800, I think 1800. He was dealing with the family and he's, he said that he read 15 pages every day of the Bible. Then another guy I was reading, <coughs> and this time he reads like six pages of the Bible, six chapters of the Bible. Figure out what works for you and go beyond the reading plan. Begin to read and put, store the word of God up in your heart and your mind now. Don't wait till you need it, but get filled up with it. <coughs> so it's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. You know, there's a time to uproot things that shouldn't be there. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now, that doesn't mean to go out and kill somebody. <coughs> that, that could speak, speak of a time of war, right? Or it could be, speak of time to kill sin and different things in your life that shouldn't be there. A time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep. How many know there's a time to weep? Um, one, one of the times to, to weep is when somebody's weeping. Your brother and your sister weeping, weep with them. You know, I'm thinking about weeping Wanda. Y'all don't know about her. That's from Sanford and the Son. Right? No, good times. Um, weeping Wanda. She went to different funerals. <laughs> don't make it a habit of that. I'm going to go to funerals so I can cry. <laughs> but <laughs> y'all didn't get that. Different generation. <laughs> I got this one channel that it plays all the old movies, Sanford and Son, Jefferson, Good Times. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And Destin was like, yo, dynamite. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> But a time to mourn, that's, that's a time when someone is going through something, it's a time to mourn with them, you know, and don't, don't just rebuke them. You need to be in faith. No, weep with them. Get down with them and don't let them stay down there forever. Get them up. Say, hey, come on, let's, let's go. Let's do something. A time to dance. That speaks speak of celebration. Going to a wedding. Courtney lives to go to weddings so we can dance. Like, yo, really? <laughs> a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence. We can use that, right? <laughs> Sometimes we talk too much. <clears throat> and a time to speak. Sometimes when we need to speak, we don't speak. Be, be, be comfortable in speaking when it's time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Not necessarily hating people, but hating sin, hate, hating um, things that attack people, humanity. Uh, you know, a, a time of, for war, 
and a time for peace. And we see from this that there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything and we don't have much time to waste. You better get God's vision for your life and fulfill it. Don't waste your life <coughs> on social media. Don't waste your life on television. And this one right here get all of us. And don't waste your life on unhealthy and unproductive relationships. Man, that, that, when I wrote that, I was like, that's speaking to me. And some people you got to delete. Some people you got to unfollow. Some people you just don't need to be around because they are, they're unhealthy for your walk with God and where you're trying to go. Negative. Time is too precious for, this, for, for, for us to waste it. God matures everything in time. God created time for us to live in it so we can experience a relief from eternity. So my first point is this. <clears throat> I got two points, I think. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Think, yeah, two points. First one is redeem the time. You got to redeem the time. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5. Prayer was awesome this morning. It was the best prayer that I have encountered at KLM since I've been here. It was incredible. Thank you, Sister Angel. Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 16 says this. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. I'm going to read it out of King James Version. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Amplified says this, making the very most, making the very most, most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. I mean, no, we, we living in some evil days. And so we don't have a lot of time to waste. So God doesn't want us to waste the time, but he wants us to redeem it. And this is the first point. Don't waste any more time. Spend your time wisely because you can never get it back. Let today be the last day that social media, television, unproductive, unhealthy relationships destroy your life. Make a decision. Say no more. It's okay to watch television. It's okay to help people <clears throat> and to be there, but don't allow it to destroy your life. Because um, you can never get that time back. We have a short amount of time to do the will of God. Don't waste it. Life is like a vapor. You're here today and gone tomorrow. They won't know our names 100 years from now. Man, I hope that doesn't make you feel sad. <laughs> but they won't know us. It's okay. It's okay. Because we're living for the one who died for us. Understand God's will and vision for your life and pursue it. Time was given to us to measure the purposes of our lives, why we live. So this is how you can redeem the time. We are to redeem the time with God's wisdom. God's wisdom. God can give us wisdom to redeem the time. It says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 17, it says, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. <coughs> ESV says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
So we're not to be unwise or foolish, but we're to understand God's will. What is his will for our lives? So that's going to require us. And when I talk about his will, not necessarily just your personal life, but what he has said in his word from Genesis to Revelation. What is his will? You know, some people want a word or something specific for their lives when they don't even know the word. So get the word in you so you can know his whole will. What is your will? What do you, the type of husband? If you're a husband, you're to love your wives like Christ loves the church. If you're single, you're to, to abstain from fornication. If, if you are, you know, and so forth. And those are, we're to understand the will of God. So pray for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. James chapter 1, as you know, verses 5 through 8. <clears throat> it says, let a person ask in faith if you're lacking wisdom. So begin to cry out for wisdom. Wisdom should be the mark of your life. In order to prepare for 2016, you need to be filled with God's wisdom. God, what is, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Wisdom, the knowledge is the what, understanding is the why, and wisdom is the when. And sometimes the how. Wisdom is the when and the how, understanding is the is why, and knowledge is the what. We get the knowledge, Okay, what are you going to do with it? Understanding is the why, and wisdom is the when and the how. So we're to pray for the wisdom of God. So where do we look for the wisdom? From his word and from wise counsel, from wise people. I want you to see this scripture. Another way to redeem it, redeeming the time is by walking with wise people. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 20. <coughs> it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So we got to walk with some wise people. Wise people. So another way to redeeming the time is watching who you hang out with, yeah. who's in your ears, who's in your mind, who, who's influencing you. And it may not necessarily be a person per se, but it may just be influenced from television. What shows are you digesting in? Uh, what are you reading as far as books? What are you, what's in you? So we got to walk with some wise people. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 talks about how we're, bad company corrupts good behavior. So it does matter who you hang out with. Certain people I will not hang out with because they're so negative. They just bring me down. I, I got, I'm fighting for my joy every day, right? So I, 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 I got to protect this joy. I got to protect this peace. I don't need anybody to dis disrupt my peace. You're going to bring drama to my house or drama... You know, certain family members, you don't want them to come over, right? Because you don't want the influence in your house. And on your, you know, for those who have children, you don't want that influence on, on your child. They see something and like, oh, we need to do that because cousin's doing that. No. So we, we got to guard. We got to guard our peace and guard our life. So we need to be careful who we allow in our circle. I'm not talking about not being a light. You know, you're around some unsaved people day in, day out. 
Be a light. Jesus tells us to be light. But if you are not stronger in God than they are in their sins, then guess who's going to win? They are. So I tell you this, you can hang around some unsaved people, but make sure you're strong in God. Because if they're stronger in their sins than you are in your God, they're going to win. They're going to have the greater influence over you. If they're using foul languages all the time and you're not strong in that area, guess what? You'll slip up and start using those words. So it does matter who you hang out with. Protect your associations. Guard it. I'm not saying not welcome anybody. And I'm not talking about that, you know, to have a click. I'm talking about says, you know what? I got too, much thing, too, too many things I'm working on, especially if you're not willing to hear the gospel. You don't want to hear it, then why should I just hang out with you? It's like a single person trying to tell a married person how to run their marriage. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 talks about to follow after righteousness and so forth. And one of the things is, go over there. I don't want to mess it up. Go. Some, I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 22 says this, see, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So what should we be pursuing? Righteousness. We, we're supposed to run away from lustful passions. Youthful passions speaks of lustful passions and not necessarily sexual lust only, but lust for other things, desires for other things. We're not to pursue. Other, we're not living life like other people. We're to flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Am I pursuing righteousness? Am I going after what is right in the sight of God? We're to pursue faith. How, how are you with your faith? Is your faith growing exceedingly? You can't grow your faith if you're not in the word. Faith does not come from reading. Uh, excuse me. Faith does not come from praying for God to increase it. Y'all know that, right? Faith comes by what? And hearing what? The word of God. So your faith is only going to increase if you're hearing the word of God. If you got a long commute, put on the Bible on CD or, or the Bible MP3 file. I mean, put something on where you're renewing your mind or put some good preaching on. But don't substitute it for the word of God. Amen. Don't think that because I'm listening to a preacher every day that I'm in the word of God. That's a great deception to think that you're doing the word, but you just only hearing somebody talk about it. Uh, flee, uh, pursue righteousness, faith, love. How's your love walk? You know, are you pursuing love, the love of God? And what about peace? And then I like this part. Along with those who call on the Lord from a what? So we're to pursue people who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see somebody calling on the Lord out of a pure heart, uh, uh, an un, um, un interrupted by sin, heart, they cried out to God. It's like, man, I want to be around that person. So walking with the right people will save your life and your time. You're strengthened by your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Number three, underneath redeeming the time. Third way you redeem the time is by spending time on the right things. Spending time on the right things, such as reading the right books, Books to help you with your walk with God. Books to help you make the right decisions. Books to teach you about life, money, relationships. 
books to enable you to fulfill God's vision for your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Christian book per se, but it can be a book that's going to help you get you where you need to be. A class or something, something, spending time on the right things. Are you working? How many know if you, you're in a relationship with the opposite sex? How many know you got to work on that relationship? You can't just let it grow. Oh, it's going to grow. It's going to be all right. Now, you got to be intentional, right? Intentional. You got to be intentional with that relationship and that marriage, because if not, the devil will get in. So when, for those married folks, talk to me. Um, when the last time you read a marriage book, a book to help your marriage? Oh, I'm convicted. I am. <laughs> so I pulled out one. I said, I'm going to read this. Let's read this, honey. We got to read this. We got to work on our marriage. Because life happens. And if we're not careful, before you know, you're just roommates. You're just both paying the bills together and, and no time together. You don't want that. You, you, you have to, and you got to do the same thing with children. You got to fight for your time with your children. Be intentional with them. Okay, I'm going to take every moment and teach them something or help them become what they need to become. The same way with church. If you don't see anybody at church on a regular basis, give them a call and bug them. Where you been? How you living? <laughs> Amen. All right, my second point and last. Under God's vision in 2016. We said redeeming the time, right? Redeem the time. Number two, number your days. Number your days. Let's go to Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 90. <coughs> this whole um, prayer of Moses is, is so powerful. <coughs> Let's start with verse 1 real quick. It says in Psalm 90, verse 1, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Powerful, right? Lord, you've been my dwelling place. Lord, it is in you I live and move and have my being. And I thank you that my life is hid in Christ. I thank you that I, you are my dwelling place. You, you, I live in you. I exist in you. You're the very next breath. I mean, it's because of you that my life is sustained. Um, that's a good way to pray that. And before the mountains were brought forth, and even and ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Father, you are God. You are almighty. You, you were here before there was a here. Um, verse 3, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. Oh, <laughs> Whoa, powerful, right? For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or a watch in the night. Man, so that means that time is just an interruption of eternity. <laughs> a thousand years is as if as yesterday in the sight of God. And that's say it is like yesterday, but as yesterday when it passed, or a watch in the night. Man, so we don't have a lot of time. It says, you, you sweep them away as with a flood, and they are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning, it flourishes and it's renewed. In the evening, it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger, and by your wrath, we are dismayed. dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence. So God knows our secret sins. 
But thank God for Jesus, who has, we're no longer under the wrath and the anger of God, but now we're in his loving arms. For all our days pass away under your wrath, and we bring our years to an end like a sight. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength, 80. That's why I said 80 years. And yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So this is, this is what I want to get to. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of what? Of wisdom. Lord, teach us how to number our days because our days are few. We don't have a lot of time. So we need to maximize the amount of time that we have on the earth for the will of God. We can't get back yesterday. Yesterday is gone forever. But we can, get, we can do something about today. I mean, this, this whole passage is so powerful. Let's continue. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. So we need the wisdom of God. And we need the mercy or the pity of God. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. And yes, establish the work of our hands. You can pray this every day. Lord, you've been our dwelling place. Lord, you, you know, we were under your wrath. Our days are 80 years. But Lord, you, teach us to number our days. Have pity on, our, on your servants. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen. Let your work be shown to your servants. And I love the last part. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. That's a prayer you need to pray. Lord, that's how you can redeem or number your days is praying that the Lord will teach you to number your days, that he may, may give you favor upon you, his favor may be upon you, and that he establish the works of your hands. Number your days. When God gave us birth, he hired us to do something within a limited time. We cannot exceed the time that God has predetermined. Go to Job chapter 14. I got one more passage after this. Job chapter 14. And we get to say amen. <coughs> Verses 5 and 6. It says, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. You know, God has appointed us to be limited. We're limited. We're not limitless. People like to say we have unlimited power. And one sense, yes, that the fact that God has unlimited power, but we within ourselves don't have limited, limitless power. Everybody got quiet, but you know what I'm trying to say. Verse 6, look away from him and leave him alone that he may enjoy life, that he may enjoy like a hired hand his days. 
So here Job is, is letting us know, giving us insight and says, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you, you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. So we have a limited on our days. We're not going to live forever here in this state. Number your days. Realize that life is short and you won't live on this time, in, in this time forever. You will enter into eternity. Only those, that God, only those things that God has ordained for you to do will last for all eternity. The works that you do for God by the commission and ordinance of God were the only thing that will last forever. Older folks used to say, only what you do for Christ will last. I would say only what God has ordained for you to do will last. Not only what you do. You know, people, I'm doing this in the name of Christ. But remember, people say, Lord, Lord, did I not do all these things in your name? So it's not what you do for Christ. It's what he has ordained, the good works that he has ordained for you to do. 2 Corinthians 4 Verses 16 through 18 talks about the things that we see are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And 1 Peter 1.24 says, the, the, the glory of man is like a flower. It fades away. And you can look at that for, from your favorite celebrity. The glory, their glory is there for a moment. Whitney Houston, when everybody, she was coming out, everybody was like, wow, 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 wow. That glory lasted only for a short amount of time. Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, it lasted only for a short amount of time and no more. Wow. The glory, our glory only lasts for a long, for a short amount of time. It fades away, but his will endures forever. Um. So how do we number our days? You pray, Lord, help us to number our days. Underneath there, seek the kingdom of God first in his righteousness. Matthew 6, You seek the kingdom of God by giving, prayer, fasting. Um, seeking God's kingdom means you put the word of God first. You put God's word first. I got a question for you. Are you abiding in God's word? And is his word abiding in you? Are you rich in God's word? Are you filled with his spirit? I want to encourage you to come to church as much as you can and do your job unto the Lord because we know that we're going to receive a reward, an inheritance as we work unto the Lord. So your job, what you do 9 to 5 or 10 to 6 or whatever your schedule is, your job can be connected to eternity. And you can receive rewards based on what, you're, what you do by getting a paycheck. Did you hear me? When you work unto the Lord, the Lord will reward you both now and also in eternity. So don't limit the work of God or the kingdom of God to just doing churchy stuff. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 the kingdom of God includes the church, but it extends out to the world. So when we're talking about the kingdom of God, kingdom living, we're talking about putting into practice what we know to do out in the world. In every situation, having a God-glorifying relationships and God-glorifying um, job, you know, where you're glorifying God on your job, even though that's not what you call to do or, or, or you, you enjoy doing per se, but God can get glory and you can receive a reward both now and also in eternity. And then... The, Last is, are you glorify God in your body? First Corinthians chapter six, verse 20 says, 
Um, you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit. So how do you glorify your how, how do you glorify God in your body? Let me tell you, by not sleeping with someone who's not your spouse. You, you, don't, you glorify God by abstaining from sexual immorality. Why, do, why are you talking about that, PD? Because the Bible talks about it faithfully throughout the scriptures over and over and over again. Because why? Because that's a big stronghold for many people. Notice, not sleeping with someone who's not your spouse, opposite of you, <laughs> 2015. Also, by taking care of your body physically, exercising, you know, making sure that this temple of the Holy Spirit is well preserved. And last but not least, by worshiping God in your body, lifting up your hands, dancing. That's a way of playing instruments or singing. That's you worshiping God. Romans 6 talks about let not sin have dominion over your bodies, but, but know that your bodies, your, the members of your body needs to be serving righteousness. Let, let me just go over there real quick. Romans 6, my last scripture. It says, Romans 6, verse 12. <clears throat> it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. I mean, no, we're not to obey our passions. You know, just because you're hungry doesn't mean that you have to yield to it. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Don't, just deny it. Fasting will deny, denies your flesh. Oh, you will not eat pleasant food today. You're not going to eat no sugar. You're going to eat all this rice, uh, not rice, right? It's rice, beans, or yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but you're not to obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought, brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So we, our bodies are to serve righteousness. The members of our bodies are to serve righteousness. So if your mind starts to think, thinking something that is ungodly, like hit a person or something sexual that's outside of your, your spouse, then you say, I thank you, Lord, that my mind serves righteousness. My mind serves righteousness. Say it with your mouth. I thank you, Lord, that my mind serves righteousness. I don't think that way. Or whether it's, you know, I thank you that my members serve righteousness. My members are instruments of righteousness. That's how you defeat the enemy. You don't defeat the enemy with your mouth shut. You defeat him with the word of God, which should come out of your mouth. You, you're not just quoting scriptures to impress your brothers and your sisters, but you're quoting scriptures to remind yourself what God said and remind the enemy that you're subject to the word of God. It is written, Satan, that this house shall serve the Lord. It is written, Satan, that my body belongs to God. I will resist the temptation to look at somebody who's not my spouse. No. You know what I do? I always, I, in a situation, pretty young lady come on. Oh, I love my wife. I talk about my wife. And they know more about my wife than they know about me. Stop the devil in the tracks. You know, uh, one lady, she's like, I want you to tutor me. 
but I want you to tutor me in my house. I said, no. So I told the counselor. I told my coworkers about the situation, and they talked to her. I need your number. No, you don't. Do you know my wife? You won't be here. <laughs> there won't be no school here. It will be burnt down. <laughs> I tell them that all the time. I need to stop confessing that right here. <laughs> but you get the picture. You have to guard against. No, no. Always, nope. I just think, you know, just talk, start talking about Jesus and, and what he's done. Nope, nope, nope. My, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to smoke that marijuana. I'm not. I remember being a kid and my aunt, my aunt came to me and said, hey, um, you, you want some of this? No. I had enough sense. I'm probably six or seven. I had enough sense to say, I don't want that. I just knew. I mean, that's amazing. It's just the grace of God. Because, <laughs> you know, you think about it, me. What if I would have just took one puff? And then I, I would probably not be here. <laughs> You'll be at another church. <laughs> you see how that one decision could have destroyed my life. And then one time, this young lady, she said, I got lust for you. And uh, I said, I got lust for Jesus. I got lust for Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that was even right, but I said it. I was a teenager. I said, I got lust for Jesus. You're just too religious, Dwayne. I don't care. I got lust for Jesus. I love Jesus. That's how you fight the enemy. I didn't have a lot of word, but I had enough sense to say, I'm not going there. All right. So God's vision for two, in 2016 is for you to be rich in the word and full of the spirit and for you to redeem the time and number your days and get God's wisdom in every area of your life. I'm not telling you that God's vision is for you to have this and that. that. I'm telling you for you to get wisdom, for you to grow in your faith, pursue righteousness, redeem the time, understand God's will for your life, both as it relates to the word of God and individually for your family, be the best husband, be the best wife, be the best single person that you can be in Jesus name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. Um, I thank you for your word it is your word that sanctifies us. I thank you, Father. Help us to get your vision for 2016. As we enter into this year, may it be a year that changes our lives forever. Let us be set up for the rest of our lives. Financially, uh, spiritually, Lord, every area of our lives, let it be in accordance to your word and your will. Let your name be glorified in us in 2016 like never before. Let us win people to Christ. Father, even if we haven't led anybody this year, Forgive us. Help, us. help us to be more passionate about the loss, about the church, our church, about connecting with un unbelievers for the sake of winning them and connecting with brothers and sisters from other churches so we can st be strengthening our faith. God, I pray that we, we would not be destroyed by unhealthy relationships, social media, television, movies. God, help us to use our time wisely. Help us to enjoy life, but at the same time, use it wisely. In Jesus' name, amen.